We do not approach healing trying to get God to do it. We do not approach, approach it with an if, a maybe, a might be. None of that gray area. None of that ifs, ands, and buts. We, don't, we just don't approach healing that way. And I said, I know that's part of the reason why we see, I mean, a big part of the reason why we see so many people just get instantly straightened up and fixed and, 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 and they receive their healing. Because we're not asking God to do anything. We're just thanking Him that He already did it. We're thanking Him that it's already done. And when it comes to our conditions in people's bodies, we're not, oh, please, God, just heal this. No, we demand that bodies be well. On the authority of the name of Jesus, we command and bodies straighten up. Backs heal, heal, and, uh, you know, legs straighten out, and tumors leave, and all kinds of stuff just happens because we're just not going to have it any other way. And you see when I talk like that, uh, how God's happy about it? (laughs) If you know Him, you know He is. He wants His children to rise up, be bold, and be strong, and declare what He has done without timidity, without fear, without backing down from any uh, condition or report or pain. or No, no. You and I are seated with Christ in heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, right? Amen. We have been given a seat of victory, and the devil is under our feet. When we realize this, see, you, you almost, if people don't understand, they think you sound, you know, snooty or arrogant or something like that. But no, there's a real difference because when someone's full of pride, you know, it sets them up for a fall. Things don't work. They're blinded. But when someone is actually in humility, uh, they are acknowledging what God has already done. It actually can be pride to say, Lord, I know you said I'm healed, but I'm not. Huh? It actually can be really, really an offensive statement. I know a lot of times people do this out of ignorance, so, you know, that's a different situation. But if someone knows and they, they find the word and they say, Jesus took stripes for my healing, but how come it's not working? What do you mean not working? There is no not working. Huh? Hallelujah. Well, let's go a little bit further then. And... Uh, <laughs> Because God's here today. And uh, we're just not going to have things any other way. Anybody with me? Praise God. I want to talk some about the healing anointing. It's been stirring in my heart. The healing anointing. And, uh, you know, I was looking up the word anointing in both the Old Testament and New Testament. You know, it comes from different... Uh, different languages, our translation does primarily, even though, even though individuals in Jesus' day did speak Aramaic and so forth. And, uh, but our translation comes from Hebrew and then Greek, uh, uh, Old Testament, New Testament. And really the words that were translated into a anointing and anoint and so forth were, uh, there's some various words, but a lot of them have similar, similar meanings. And we often t- will talk about the anointing in our services and in these services and in our, in our believers' meetings. And uh, it's interesting what uh, Strong's, uh, Strong, uh, you know, James Strong was a Hebrew and Greek language guy, scholar, and uh, what he said in his uh, dictionary concerning these words, he, he, one, of the, one of the Hebrew words, he said it means uh, to rub with oil, all right? When, it, when the Bible says anoint, that would mean to rub with oil, 
All right. Uh, it, it meant also, he said also to paint. All right. Talk about anointing. You're getting rubbed, painted. <laughs> uh, another, another word translated uh, anoint or anointing, it, it, it uses the word to smear over. And again, it uses the language of, with oil, but to smear over. Uh, uh, a Greek word uses some of this same language, but it's through the idea of contact, to smear or rub with oil. Um, but the word anointing, we talk about that, it's, it's used in Scripture not just of a spiritual nature. The word was, uh, was used when people... Um, were to e- even in, in context of bathing. You know, uh, Jesus talked about when someone was fasting, how they should anoint their head and wash their face. You know, in other words, don't appear like you're fasting outwardly. And, and they would use that, that language not always just in a spiritual context, but it, was, it had to do with that. But also, this is interesting, um, the anointing frequently throughout the Scripture, especially the Old Testament, often just says oil right after it. If you look it up, it'll say anointing oil. You know, the yoke shall be destroyed uh, because of the anointing oil. What many, how many translations will, will, will render that. And so oil, then you know, in, in Scripture is a type and shadow of the Holy Spirit. Okay? And so when we talk about the anointing, we're talking about the work of the Holy Spirit in a person's life. Now, when a prophet, uh, sometimes in the Old Testament again, would, would have by revelation from God knowledge of who should be the next king in Israel, what they would frequently do is then anoint them, all right? And they would take a, you know, the horn and so forth and, and pour oil over their head and they would be anointed. Now, how does having an oily head prepare someone to rule a nation or to serve as a prophet or a priest or a king in, in those days? How does being greasy help that? Huh? Not at all. <laughs> because what was happening is the oil was an outward showing, an outward sign of something that was happening in the Spirit. God by His Spirit, was coming on an individual to equip and empower them to carry out a task, all right, so that they could serve Him in a particular place. Uh, And so the anointing was necessary to do the work of God effectively, okay? The Spirit of God would even come on individuals to do natural tasks at different times in the the Old Testament. But basically, uh, we could say it in just simple language, the anointing, is the power of God, okay? It is in direct reference to the working of the Holy Spirit through another person's life, all right? Uh, for example, Jesus said in, uh, when he was reading from Isaiah, but when he started his ministry and he read from Isaiah, uh, he said, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me. And so notice what he said, I've been anointed, but not with oil. I haven't been just been painted and and smeared. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because He anointed me. The Spirit painted Him, smeared on Him, you know, doused Him. The Spirit of God came upon Him just like they would put oil on someone. He said, the Spirit is on me. 
And, he, and then he went on to list the, the things that he was anointed to do or why the Spirit came on him. And so this is interesting when you, when you study and think about the anointing, which I love to talk about because it, it's just nice. <laughs> it's not only biblical. Uh, I don't know. Can you say this? It's fun, too. I mean, it really is. To be used of God, have the, the anointing come on you and flow through you or flow into you. or It's just fun. I've been on both sides of the, uh, you know, on the giving end, the receiving end, flowing through, flowing to. I like it every way. I mean, I'd rather have the anointing on me than eat when I'm hungry. You know what I'm talking about? I'd rather have the power of God flowing through me than, to, to, you know, my favorite television show or any natural thing. It's just, it's really fun. It's nice, and, uh, and the, the anointing can work in many different ways, but it's some interesting things we can see in Scripture, and, and I've seen through experience as well, but that the anointing can be transferred, all right? The anointing can be on one person and then transferred to another person. We know that that can happen in various ways. Uh, it can happen through, uh, uh, through proximity, in other words, being close enough to uh, an individual or a group of individuals that are in the anointing, that anointing can be transferred through another to another person. I remember, I wouldn't plan on telling this story, but I remember I was in a meeting years ago with Brother Hagen, and I was, I was sitting um, on a large, large platform uh, uh, where there was a whole group of us uh, ministers and stuff, and he was ministering, and I was sitting in this, in this section, and, and at one point we were, we were all standing up, and he was speaking, we were praising God or something like that, and he turned, he turned around, so, I, so I, I'd have been right back over there, he turned around and went like that, and what happened is, uh, if, you could, if you can imagine a, you know, a rectangle-shaped group of individuals, uh, I don't know, maybe uh, five or six rows, and I don't really remember how long, uh, back how long, but I, uh, what happened in that section is when he went, when he s- flung his arm like that and said, be blessed or something like that, he's, half of those in that section fell out back into their seat. I was on the edge, and literally, this was my experience, the power of God came right up the side of me, and I went, "Woo!" all these people to my left fell out in their seat and everyone to the right stood up. I thought, that was nice. <laughs> I mean, the power of God is a very real and tangible thing and it can be, it can be experienced, it can be felt. Um, like I said, it can, be, it, it can be transferred. It can be transferred through proximity. It can be transferred, we see in Scripture, through touch. And this is where many of us have experienced this, uh, through, through laying hands on or, or through contact uh, different individuals, not always just laying on a hands, but even a person touching the hem of someone's garment. Ever heard that story? Uh, and uh, and to touch, through touching the clothing of a person who is anointed, um, it, we know that the anointing can be transferred through clothing in other ways, like it happened with the Apostle Paul, how they took from his body what, what are called handkerchiefs and aprons, and, and those were laid on people, and the power of God would, would tra- be transferred into individuals, and they'd be healed that way. We know that the anointing can be transferred through words spoken. A word can be spoken, and the Spirit of God, the anointing, will ride on that word and, and make a difference and set a person free in various areas. But like I said, the, uh, the anointing can be felt, or you know, you might say perceived, but I, I know sometimes it's very physical. Uh, but it can be perceived as going out of a person, as can be perceived going into a person. 
And, uh, and, and it, it's, um, I don't know, it's just really fun. <laughs> but ultimately, I, I, think, I think one of the primary reasons, it's just, it's, it's there to accomplish something. Uh, and, and, and one of those things, of course, is what we're here talking about tonight. But I know the anointing sometimes will knock people down. Uh, sometimes people get nervous about that they, when they see people falling out when people are praying for them, and, and, and we shouldn't be concerned about that. I mean, you can see it Old Testament and New and all through church history that, that there are stories and indications that I've seen people fall out, and they hit the ground hard, and they don't even know that they did. You know, and then others fall because they want to, but who cares? Uh, I don't really care that much, <laughs> you know, but I know, I know sometimes coming in contact with the power of God, it actually will move a person physically. It will move them. They will physically uh, um, be altered. You know, I have, I've had it many times in situations where I've laid hands on people and various things have happened, different times, different places, but people have told me, wow, when you laid hands on me, I've heard it be called something a number of times. They said, something came all over me. Something went all over my body when you laid your hands on me. Other people have had situations where they say, I got really hot when you laid hands on me. It was like heat went down through me. Or sometimes right to an area of their body that they, had, that they had trouble with. Other times I've seen situations, I lay hands on people and they vibrate and they shake. And then others have told me, I just got really weak. You know, an individual uh, in one of these meetings that just recently said, I've never gone down, I've never been down there before. You know, that's up here. Uh, never been down there before to have hands laid on me. And he said, uh, anyway, he said, I was getting really weak and he went down. <laughs> And that was how he experienced But, uh, you know, I'm not looking to try to uh, cause anyone to act in any particular way or try to get someone to uh, stir up some kind of physical manifestation. I just know the power of God is very cool. It's very powerful. And, uh, and it affects things that we need in our life. And a lot of things are transferred and, 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 and put into our lives. I don't want to get into all those in, in this teaching, in this message tonight. Uh, but sometimes uh, the anointing will manifest in some of those various ways. But I know that there are different types of anointing. There, there, there are, the Spirit of God will come upon an individual or a group of, indi- of, of people for various purposes. For example, there is a teaching anointing. You know, sometimes people might think, well, t- you know, teachers, I mean, anyone can teach. I mean, you know, you got people who teach in university and people who teach in a classroom and people who teach in church, and that's not all the same thing. It's possible for someone to have a, be born with and develop in a natural ability to explain things, but there is also a spiritual gifting, okay? There is an anointing from the Lord that will enable a person to teach under the power of the Spirit. And when that happens, not only is utterance there or words given from the Lord, but also uh, insight is received by the hearer. Everybody listening? Understand? How many know sometimes you could have, I didn't plan on getting into this, but you could have one person that isn't operating in an anointing read a scripture, no commentary, read a scripture, and then someone else who is anointed in a particular way to teach and to explain things, they could read the same scripture and you'll get more out of it when they read it. Because it's not just a natural thing that we're talking about here. It's definitely, we, we know that we're talking about healing. We know it's not a, just a natural or physical thing that we're involved with because, you know, you know nothing would happen. But likewise, it is in all the areas of God. When someone is anointed to teach, things happen. Lies are dispelled. 
eyes are opened because the Spirit, not just because of the way it was said, the Spirit of God is on those words bringing um, illumination to what's being said. But again, there's anointings for teaching, there's anointings for prophecy, prophesying, there's an, uh, there's an anointing for gladness. Jesus, remember, was anointed with the oil of gladness. So there's a power of God that'll just come on you and make you happy. Woo, glory to God. What happened in church today? I got real happy. Mm-mm-mm. What happened? What, what, what's going on in your life? I'm happy. Happy, happy, happy. Why? I'm anointed. <laughs> what does that mean? God is all over me. He painted me today. <laughs> he smeared himself all over me, and I ended up happy. All right. Uh, so there's an anointing to preach. There's anointing, an anointing to destroy bondages. As remember, the Scripture says, destroys yokes. And, uh, and Jesus said, remember we mentioned Luke chapter 4, but he was anointed to preach, to heal, to proclaim, to set free. Okay, so the power of God was on him to do, to do those particular things. And so knowing this and knowing how the power of God works, let's come back around to this now. There is also an anointing to heal. There is an anointing specifically designed to heal bodies. And that anointing does exactly what it was designed to do. Okay, it goes right to the area, to the, to the situation, the problem, the, the, the area of someone's body, and it's like it, it knows where to go. You know, many times I've, I've laid hands on people, I grab their hands or lay my hand on their head or their shoulders, and I don't even know where the problem is. It might be in the bottom of the, their foot, but the anointing, it seems to know where to go. Because it's designed, it was, it was specifically engineered to, find, to seek out the problem and fix it. Yeah, I remember, you know, one time I was laying hands on a guy, and, and I didn't ask him what, what, he, what was wrong with him. He was really big, taller than me, taller than me and I'm, you know, pr- kind of tall compared to some people. Uh, and <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, but he, he was taller than me, so I'm standing there, and so I just, it was a man, I just put my hand on his chest, I just, in the name of Jesus, and I released that power of God. And he testified afterward, he said, as soon as you put your hand on my chest, I felt it in my ear. In other words, the, power, the anointing went, I guess, whoop. <laughs> but he said, I felt the power got here, and that was where his problem was, and that was where he was healed, but I didn't even know where it was. So it's not wrong. Sometimes I'll do it as an act of faith or a prompting. I'll put my hand on the area of someone's body that needs it, if it's an appropriate area, and, uh, and, and minister that way, but the anointing just knows what it's doing, you know? Uh, it, it just knows what to do. It was designed to bring healing to people's bodies. So uh, uh, look with me at Acts chapter uh, 10. I got a lot of references in my, in my notes and stuff, but I just haven't been turning to them. <laughs> Acts chapter 10, one of my favorite uh, verses regarding this. And this is w- one of the places we can see that there is an anointing specifically designed to heal. And it's talking about the ministry of Jesus. In Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, it reads, how God anointed, no, there's that word anointed, how God anointed, God, what did He do? He rubbed in, rubbed on, painted, smeared all over. <laughs> he came upon Jesus of Nazareth. Now, that, that's interesting that Jesus was anointed, that Jesus was anointed. How many know that one of the things that reveals is that when Jesus was healing people, He was doing it as a man, He wasn't doing it as God. 
Because if he was doing it as God, he wouldn't have needed to be anointed. God doesn't need any help. God doesn't need any, any smearing, painting, rubbing, nothing on him. He's God. He can do anything. But Jesus laid that aside when he came to the earth. And he became a man. And he functioned as a man. So you know when Jesus healed the sick, it's the exact same thing as when you and I healed the sick. Exactly the same. He had zero advantage. I don't know about you, but that's good news. Huh? Because what he did, we do. In fact, he even said himself, greater works shall you do. Greater works than these shall you do, because I go to my Father. Praise God. And so how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and what? Healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. All right, and so we can see there, he was anointed to what? Do good and heal. Healing is a good work. He was anointed to heal. There is a specific anointing designed to heal the sick. And Jesus had that anointing on him so he could then minister healing to those who were sick and diseased and and missing parts, and, and, and injured, and maimed, and everything else. Uh, that's what that anointing does. So this is good news. I mean, think about it this way. If, if the anointing, if there's an anointing to heal, and that anointing is designed to heal, so it always heals, um, what else is like that? So we, we don't want, can't spiritualize this stuff so much that we remove it from, pa- from practical reality in our lives. It, it's kind of it's like a chair. You know, that chair was designed so someone could sit in it, on it, right? And if the chair can't be sat on, we're going to get rid of that chair because it doesn't have a purpose. I mean, if it looks like a chair and acts like a chair but you can't sit on it, (laughs) then it's a lying piece of something, right? We need to get rid of it and put a chair there. Because <laughs> if something was built and designed to be a chair, then it can be sat on. By who? By anyone who wants to sit down. Hmm? If it's a chair, it'll work for anyone who wants to sit. It's like, you know, you have electricity, probably, to your home. Right? What's, what is the electricity for? What's its purpose? What is it designed? Well, it's designed to power things up, to power up, you know, appliances, electronics, and, and so forth. It, it, it's designed to do that. Does it do that discriminately based on who wants it? <laughs> in other words, does sometime the power in your house, the electricity say, no, not for you? You know, you plug in. So you have to call over someone else from your family. Would you plug this in and turn this on? Because it's not responding to me today. No. Electricity doesn't work that way. It works for anyone who will apply it. Anyone who will plug into it. It was designed. And then, of course, if your house was wired right and everything's working. It was designed to go into the device that you want to power up. It just works. It just works automatically. It's not choosing, I'm working for men, for women, 
for young, for old, for what? No, it just works. You plug in and it works. The power of God is very similar to this. And the Bible even tells us that he's no respecter of persons. And it says that Jesus came and died for the sins of the world. It says that God so loved the world that he gave us it gave his only son. And so everybody's included. And the power of God and the healing anointing works for everybody. It's not a matter of, oh, if I can just get it to work for me. It works for everybody. It was designed to work. All it needs, all the healing anointing needs is a problem. All it needs is there to be something wrong. And then it works on that problem. And it works 100% of the time. It works on every condition, on every situation. Why? It's what it was designed to do. And by the way, it was designed by God. Didn't, it didn't need to be upgraded, you know, over time. And here's the new upgraded anointing because some new diseases came out. You know, some new viruses been floating around and we downloaded the updates and now we're ready for those. No, no, no. It's designed by God. So there's no problem, there's no situation, there's no circumstance that is outside of the reach of God's healing anointing. Amen. Kind of reminds me of some things that Jesus said. With God, all things are possible. Yeah. And then back to our end, all things are possible to Him who plugs into it. Huh? Say, you, you, don't you mean to say who believes? Same thing. There's no difference. We, sometimes we make some bigger things out of these words and we think, believe. Oh, that's where I miss it. Just don't use that word then. Just anyone who plugs into it. Anyone who says yes. Huh? Isn't it amazing sometimes how we make the greatest transformation of all easy? It's called salvation. Eternal life. The forgiveness of sins. We make that so easy. And that's the greatest miracle of all. But everything else, oh, now we got to believe. And I got to get 12, I got to get 100 people around me to believe with me. Huh? Well, how many people did you get around to believe with you for you to accept Jesus as your Savior? Someone said, I need to get saved. Get everyone praying for me. I need a lot of people praying for me because I'm going to get, I'm thinking about getting saved. And I'm just really wanting this to work. I'm just really. Just really believe in God for my sins to be forgiven. So everybody pray. Put me on the prayer chain. Facebook it. Prayer line it. Prayer tower it. Whatever. Get on everything. Get everything going. Uh, uh, get the claws. Get the oil. You know, get the, the intercessors. Get, get everyone going because I need to get saved. How many would tell someone like that, say, you know, why don't you just pray and accept the Lord? Why don't you just right here, right now, just repeat after me, pray this from your heart. If you can believe this, uh, it'll work. It works for everybody. It's almost like it doesn't discriminate. It'll work for anyone who will call on the name of the Lord. And by the way, like I said, that's a way greater miracle. Way greater intervention of God than someone being healed of some puny thing like like leukemia or you know some small thing like a heart disease or some you know simple little thing like 
missing parts of my spinal column. <laughs> Whatever you can think of. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Nothing. Amen. The anointing was designed to fix it. Praise God. I don't know about you. I'm having fun already. And so here's the deal now. There is an anointing. We know how, a little bit about how it works, how it flows, how it can be transferred, what it was designed to do. There's a specific anointing for healing. Jesus said it was on me, and I went and did all this stuff by using it. I went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Not just a few, anyone. Never did someone come to Jesus and he said, nope, not you. Nope, this doesn't work for everybody. Nope, this is not for you today. This is some other purpose. No, never did he say that to anyone. And I tell you, he's not saying it today. But the anointing is still available to all. Praise God. And so I go from there, and then I go over to the, what the Lord told us and what he uh, revealed for us to do. And, and some of you know these verses, but it's Mark chapter, uh, Mark chapter 16 and verse 18. And the last part of the verse says, and they, it's talking about believers, all right, just those who would believe in his name, all right, they would lay hands on the sick and they would recover. And I, I remember thinking about this years ago, thinking, okay, I know that's talking to me. I know that's a promise for me. I'm supposed to lay hands on the sick and, and they will recover. And I thought, what is it about hands and people? You know, I mean, for example, doctors are constantly touching their patients. And, you know, they're not necessarily being healed as a result of that, right? They're, so it's, it can't be just physical contact that causes them to recover. I thought, there's got to be more than that, because if it were just physical contact, how many know we'd just go run through the hospital hallways, and slap everyone we could see. Bam, bam, bam. Just run just as fast as we can. And we just clean out disease from all society. It's not just a physical contact. And I realize there must be something from God that will go through my hands when I lay them on the sick. All right. This is where it's not just, hey, every time I shake someone's hand. But every time I will touch Every time I will lay hands on someone with the express intent of releasing them from their disease and from their affliction. And I'm doing so in obedience to the words of the master. Then something transpires in that place. I'm doing it on purpose. I'm doing it with conviction. I'm doing it with, a, with an intended goal that God is going to work with me and through me. And when I lay hands on, He will come out of my hands. And that's that transfer. It's one of the transfers of God's anointing. And He will go into people. And that power will go into them as the moment I lay hands on them. And they'll be set free. And when, when I began to meditate on these things more and, and consider them and ponder them and then step out and practice them and exercise these things, immediately, I mean immediately, I started seeing results right and left, how people would then, their bodies would respond right in front of me. How then? Now, this, th- this is not with, with everyone because that's not really my 
preaching or expectation. But then it seemed at random uh, individuals would have other experiences too. They'd say, oh, I felt that. You know, and, and, and different things would happen like some of the illustrations that I gave you. And that's not really my goal. It's just I want to release God into them. I want to release the power, the Spirit of God, the healing anointing to affix their body. But then God would begin to show Himself up in other areas. Powerful stuff. Amen. Sometimes it's based on what a person needs. It's sometimes it's based on what their heart cries out for. It's like, it's like we were ministering here. Um, what was it? It was last, last week in this service. I forget. What were we doing? We were ministering to people for something. <laughs> I could think about it if I stopped. But I'd know. I'd get, to in, I'd get to certain individuals, and I'd have a prophecy for them. Why? Pray one, one person. It's all good. It was good for everybody. Power of God going there. But I'd stand in front of someone. I'd instantly know something about them that I should say, that I should, that I should proclaim over their life. Why? Well, we're, we're, we're flowing with the anointing, and another anointing would kick in and, and begin to know things and begin to see things by the Spirit of God. And so when it comes to these, uh, these truths and recognizing that there is a transfer of a healing anointing, what is our focus? Well, if, if you're on the receiving end tonight and you want healing anointing to be transferred into your body, your whole goal is just to be receptive. I don't need to think about anything else because it's easy. We're just plugging in and whoo, power flows. See, I just want to be yielded to these anointings of whatever kind there are at, at the moment. And I want to be yielded as a vessel that God can flow through and as a vessel that He can flow to. And, uh, and, and if He wants to minister to me through someone else or if I need something from Him and there's another individual going to pray with and pray for and lay hands on me, uh, I'm... Bring it on, Lord. I receive it, and thank you, Lord. I am a container. I'm like a battery. You know, charge me up, and I'm receptive. I'm able to receive that. That's what I believe. Yeah, I just believe that's the case. I wouldn't come to church on any kind of continual basis unless I believed that I could get something while I was there. And some people, they do that. They go just they go, and they never think about it. They never really ponder, never really consider it. No, I don't mean just to be selfish because we're to be givers and receivers. But at the minimum, when you're sitting here in this kind of environment, definitely be on receive mode. And tell the Lord, I'm going in there, I'm going to get something. And I'm going to get something that will help me to help others. I'm going to get something that will lift and encourage and strengthen my life. Be receptive. Amen. And so again, uh, if you're, uh, you know, being a yielded vessel, teach. Or be taught, you know. Prophesy or be prophesied to, you know. Heal or be healed. But we're all in the flow. We're all yielded vessels to what the Spirit of God is doing. Because that's just the way He is. He just works naturally and normally and flows in and through us abundantly. Amen, amen. God is good. Praise God. I didn't think I was going to talk to you guys that long. But you're so receptive. It's already working. See, different anointings. There's teaching anointing. You're just, we're flowing with it. I mean, trust me, I know. Uh, and if, if you've taught and spoken, you can tell when people are not receiving. Huh? You know, it's like pouring water into a, to a bottle with a lid on it. It's just going everywhere but where it's supposed to go. 
right? And when there's, when there's a receptive hearts, because it's, it's not physical, it's, it's an internal thing. Receptive hearts, I tell you, God will keep opening up and pouring out, pouring out, pouring out, pouring out, pouring out, because people are receiving. And that's true in teaching. That's true, through in, true in other areas. It's true in healing. It's true in other areas. He's got an abundance, abundant supply of all we need or want or desire, and he'll just keep pouring out, pouring out, pouring out to those who will receive. Amen. Like the prophet instructed the, the widow in the Old Testament to collect jars. Remember that? Uh, uh, collect jars for oil because there was a famine in the land. They didn't have anything to eat. And she collect, and as many jars as she, co- she could collect, the oil kept running. She kept pouring and filling them all up, filling them all up. As soon as she ran out of containers, the oil stopped running. Huh? Likewise, it is in our lives and in our services and in our, in, in our relationship with God. We've got space. He'll keep pouring in. He keep, he'll keep pouring in. Amen. Praise God. All right. Father, we love you tonight. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for your great faithfulness. We thank you for the Spirit of God, Holy Spirit. We thank you that you are here tonight, our helper. You are here, the empowerer. You are here, the anointing that destroys every yoke of bondage. You are here, the healer, tonight. And we give you all the thanks and praise for everything you have begun and everything you have started. And we believe that you are in operation now. And that anointing is flowing to and flowing through and flowing in and destroying everything that would destroy God's creation. Oh, Lord, we give you thanks and praise. We yield ourselves unto you. And thank you for the anointing oil. Lord, we're going to smear it on tonight. We're going to spread it around and paint it on. And everybody will be restored and be made right and be made whole. We give you all the thanks. We give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord, for working in us today. Thank you, Lord, for working in us today. In Jesus' name, we give you all the glory as we pray. Amen, amen.